Hi, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. And on Mondays, we play a comedy because I have to get your head on straight. You know, after the pressures of the first day back at work, we need to have a little release, laugh a little bit, and we've got a great comedy lined up for tonight. I mean, we have a comedy that if you don't laugh out loud, there's something wrong with you. Because this is very, very funny tonight. Tell you all about it in a minute. So now it's time to get your feet up, get yourself something to drink, relax, just let the cares of the day slip away. Because we're going to be right back in just a minute. Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. Monday, Monday. Something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with crowns. Bring on the lovers, liars, and clowns. Ah! Situation, no complications. Nothing portentous or polite. Ready tomorrow, comedy tonight. <laughs> All right, we have we have a real treat for you coming up on the Comedy Corner this week. I was listening to the episode that I'm about to play you in bed last night. I had earphones on, or earbuds, and I started laughing, giggling, and then it started to turn into a side-splitting laugh. I had to get up out of bed because I was afraid I was going to wake Carol up and go in the other room and finish listening. This is really a funny show. What is it? It's the Jack Benny Show. For those of you who have listened to me any amount of time, you know how what a big fan I am of Benny, especially when he had Ronald Coleman and Coleman's wife, Benita Hume, on the show. And of course, it's not just me. Millions of people felt that way over the years. Now, just to give you a little background, I found some interesting notes on the Jack Benny Fan Club website. It had mentioned that Jack liked to have a famous star as a neighbor because he could get a lot of script mileage out of borrowing things from the neighbor. The neighbor trying to avoid Jack and that sort of thing. And it probably never worked better than it did with Ronald Coleman and his long-suffering wife, Benita Hume. Coleman was cast as Jack's neighbor because he was so proper, so refined, that the writers decided it would be very funny to have him lose his cool when it came to pesty Jack. Actually, there were some Benny shows that played in the early 40s where Basil Rathbone, who was very much the same type of character, was Jack's neighbor, and those were funny too. During Jack's TV series, they tried to do the same thing with uh, Jimmy and Gloria Stewart, Jimmy Stewart and his wife Gloria, but most viewers never found that as funny. Of course, we're all big fans of Jimmy Stewart, and we respect his work. But he was just too much of an aw shucks kind of nice regular guy to be nearly as funny as Ronald Coleman was whenever he was bothered by Jack. Ronald Coleman was such the genteel gentleman that to watch him 
boil over at Jack's annex and listen to how completely oblivious Jack was to Coleman's animosity. And of course, then to listen to Benita Hume try to calm Coleman down. Well, the whole thing just had such great chemistry. It was side-splittingly hilarious. So what we've got for you tonight was an episode of the Jack Benny Show that was originally broadcast on November the 9th in 1947. Now this one is titled The Corner Drugstore, but that's the first part of the show. And it's funny, but it's the second part of the show that you're just going to hold on to your sides. You're going to be laughing so hard. So here we go from November of 1947, The Jack Benny Show. program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Passengers, please step to the rear. Step to the back of the bus, please. Oh, isn't this awful, Catherine? You'd think some gentleman would get up and give one of us a seat. I beg your pardon, ladies, but would any of you care to sit down? Oh, you're very kind, isn't he, Catherine? He certainly is. He got up and gave the three of us a seat. (laughs) Yes. He has a very big heart. Jack Benny's announcer? Well, yes, yes, I am. Oh, I just love that program. It has so many interesting characters. They act so crazy. Oh, Jeanette, they only do that to make people laugh on the radio. Those things never happen in real life. (laughs) Oh, they don't, huh? Well, now let me tell you something that really happened yesterday. What was it? Well, Jack Benny, Phil Harrison, Dennis Day dropped into the corner drugstore to get a bite to eat. What are you going to have, Phil? I don't know, Jackson. What are you going to have? I don't know. How about you, Dennis? I don't know. See, it's so hard to decide what to... Just look at that. Waiter! Waiter! Yes, sir? Look, there's lipstick on my glass. Well, there's water in it, too. Wash it off. (laughs) Their bread should be that fresh. Well, Phil, have you decided yet? Yeah, I think I know what I want, Jackson. What'll it be, sir? A roast beef sandwich and a fifth of milk. <laughs> Phil, milk doesn't come in fifth. Well, how do I know? It's the first time I ever ordered this stuff. <laughs> Dennis, have you made up your mind yet? Yeah. Wait to bring me a dish of ice cream with a strip of bacon on it. <laughs> Dennis, ice cream with bacon? That's ridiculous. Why don't you have it with chocolate syrup? Okay. Way to bring me some bacon with chocolate, chocolate syrup on it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you going to have, Jackson? Gee, I don't know. Hey, waiter, what would you suggest? How about lamb stew? No. Some veal cutlets? No, I'm going home soon. I just want something to hold me together. How about some scotch tape? <laughs> Look, just get their orders and I'll think of what I want. 
Let's see. Hey, Dennis, how's your Colgate show doing? Oh, it's fine. I like the idea of having two shows. Gee, I don't know what to order. Yeah. How's your Fitch bandwagon doing, Phil? Great kid, great. Alice just picked up my option for another 13 weeks. <laughs> Maybe I ought to Holy have... smoke, Jackson. Haven't you made up your mind yet what you want to eat? Well, how can I think with you fellas always talking? I got two shows. I got two shows. I got two shows. That's all you hear. Two shows. You ought to be ashamed of yourself putting other people out of work with two shows. I haven't got two shows. They've got two shows. Well, bully for them. <laughs> what? Here your orders, gentlemen. Now, what'll you have? Well, I think I'll have a hamburger. And let's see, do you have any hot chocolate? No, but here's a Hershey bar and a match. <laughs> oh, nuts. They're in it, too. <laughs> Never mind. Just, just give me that piece of chocolate cake right there. That's vanilla. It is not vanilla. It's chocolate. I'll dust it off and show you. <laughs> Don't bother. Just give me a piece of that huckleberry pie. You want to make a bet? <laughs> well, give it to me, whatever it is. A man could starve to death in here guessing. <laughs> now, give me that pie. Hey, Jackson, Jackson. Huh? Hey, look. Look at that beautiful blonde coming toward the counter. Oh, yeah. Hey, Phil, she's heading this way. I'll move over one, then she'll have to sit between us. Hmm. Forgot I was sitting on the end stool. <laughs> Help me up off the floor, Phil. Well, there's a switch, me picking you up. <laughs> well, look, fellas, I gotta go home now. Look, I'll see you later. Hey, Jackson, so wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jackson. What about the check? Jackson, what about the... Hmm, after 11 years, you'd think I'd know better. <laughs> How tight can a guy... Hey, Dennis, what are you looking at? That magazine over there, Ronald Coleman's picture's on the cover. Oh, yeah, Ronald. Gee, look at him. With those broad shoulders, intelligent eyes, pearly teeth, dimple in the chin... If he was one inch taller, he'd look just like me. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ronnie. Man, he sure is handsome. Thank you, old fellow. It was awfully nice of you to say that. <laughs> hey! Hey, Dennis, you know something? You sounded just like him. Yeah, I like to do imitations. Yeah, you're doing pretty good, too, kid. You know, I can hardly wait. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Huh? Hey, look, I got a great idea. Hey, you want to have some fun, kid? Yeah, how? Well, now, look. Let's give Jackson time to get home, then we'll call him on the phone. You disguise your voice like Ronald Coleman's and invite him over to his house for a party. Oh, boy, come on. Let's go in that phone booth. Well, take it easy. Take it easy now. We've got to give him plenty of time to get home. He's walking, and he ain't really 38, you know. <laughs> All right, while we're waiting, let's play the jukebox. One of my records is in it. Oh, your record's okay. Here you are. I'll drop a nickel in there, huh? I knew 
laugh when she'd see me. Mimi sang for me alone. Came in a passion with a passion for dancing with the one that I adore. Taught her to dance in his fashion. And for me, she's singing on the roof. De La Paix, there was once a cabaret, and Mimi, now I'm sitting sad and dreamy, just for me. such a long walk out to Beverly Hills after all. <laughs> mm, I might as well plant grass out of my front yard. They won't let me park cars here anymore. <laughs> let me see. Now, where's my key to the front door? Here's the key to my car. Here's the key to the back door. Here's the key to my hope chest. Key to my trunk. <laughs> key to the garage. Here's the key to that can of salmon I had last night. Why do I save those things? Oh, here it is. Is that you, boss? Rochester, what are you doing at home? You're supposed to be out at Hillcrest Golf Course looking for my golf ball. It's no use, boss. I've been looking for that ball for three weeks now, and I just can't find it. Well, did you look behind all the rocks? Uh-huh. Did you look in all the bushes? Mm-hmm. Did you look down the gopher holes? I even took the gophers to a doctor's office and had them x-rayed. <laughs> you had the gophers x-rayed? We found six acorns, a bunch of roots, a Canadian penny, but no golf balls. What? One of them had gallstones and he pulled us for a while. <laughs> well, that's the silliest thing I ever heard, taking gophers to a doctor's office. I wish you would... Wait a minute, Rochester. What's that? What, what's that wiggling around your pocket? A gopher. I thought you'd like him for a pet. Oh. Look, boss. He's peeking out at you. Oh, isn't he cute? Look at that sweet little face. Got blue eyes just like mine. <laughs> I wonder if I could get his teeth straightened. Huh? <laughs> Imagine the patter of little gopher feet around the house. <laughs> Say, Rochester, how'd you happen to pick this one to bring home? He's the one with the Canadian penny. <laughs> oh. When do we operate, boss? Stop joking. Now, Rochester, you better go back out of the golf course and keep looking for the ball. It must be... Hey, I just thought of something. Maybe we looked in the wrong place. Now, we took it for granted that I hit that ball in the rough. Maybe I hit such a good shot, it landed right on the green. Oh, boss, come now. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Well, we'll look for the ball tomorrow. By the way, Rochester, what are we going to have for dinner? 
Six acorns, a bunch of roots, and southern fried gopher. I don't want that. Just open a can of sardines. Okay, give me your key, Jane. Here you are. And hurry. I haven't had anything but a dusty piece of pie all day. I'll be in the... There's the phone. I'll get it. Hello? Hello, old boy. This is Ronald Coleman. Ronald Coleman? Well, Ronnie, how are you? Splendid, splendid, thank you. Good, good. How's Benita? Who? <laughs> Benita, your wife. Oh, oh, I thought you said Santanita. <laughs> Benita's fine. Good, good. Oh, uh, by the way, Jack, what are you doing tonight? Nothing, nothing. Why? Well, Benita and I are having a little party at the house, and we'd love to have you come over. Tonight? Gee, that'll be swell, Ronnie. What time should I be there? Uh, just a minute. I'll ask Santa Anita. <laughs> Who? Uh, Benita, my wife. Oh. Hey, Phil, what time shall I tell him to be there? Nine o'clock and tell him to bring his girl with him. Hello, Jack. Benita says nine would be fine and to bring your lady friend with you. You mean my girl, Gladys Abisco? Yes, we've both been anxious to meet her. Hey, kid, kid, tell him it's a costume party. Oh, uh, by the way, Jack, when you come over tonight, we wish you'd wear something. <laughs> Costume party, you know. Oh, a costume party. Gee, that'll be fun. We'll be there at nine o'clock sharp. Goodbye, Ronnie. Goodbye, Jack. Hey, Rochester. Rochester, I've been invited over to Mr. and Mrs. Coleman's for a party tonight. You want me to get your tuxedo? No, no, this is a costume party. Gee, I don't know how to dress. Oh, why don't you wear your toupee upside down and go as a bird's nest? <laughs> <laughs> Say, maybe I... No, it would tickle me. Hey, wait a minute. I know where I can get a cowboy costume. That's it. I'll go as a cowboy. Are you going to take Miss Livingston? No, no. She's out of town this week. I'm going to take my old girlfriend, Gladys Abisco. She'll love it. Gee, Gladys, it's nice out tonight, isn't it? It sure is, Phoenix. <laughs> Glad you were able to make it. I thought that since it's so close to Thanksgiving, you might be busy. Oh, I got Hilda to fill in for me. But can Hilda do your work? Oh, sure. She can pluck turkeys faster than anybody. Well, <laughs> that's a feather in her cap. <laughs> oh, dear, you're so witty, Speedy. What people say in Georgie Jessel, I'll never know. Gee, Gladys, you'll like the Colemans. Ronnie and Benita are regular guys. Even though they're high class and... Interested in things like opera and art. Art? Oh, then maybe. No, no, I no, can... Gladys, no. Don't show them your tattoos. <laughs> keep your keep, keep your sleeves down, you know. Say, Gladys, would you like a cigarette? Sure. Here you are. A lucky strike. No, they're made from that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Listen to the man who knows, I always say. <laughs> And you know, Gladys, quality of product is essential to continuing success. You're telling me. <laughs> you know, and another thing, Gladys, lucky strikes are so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Ain't it the truth? Uh, gosh, Gladys, you look so cute in your costume. 
so Western. So do you, Speedy. We were both lucky to find that costume shop open so late. Yeah, they certainly fixed me up with a complete cowboy outfit. Lasso, ten-gallon hat, and a gun. I can't wait till we get to the Ronald Coleman. What is it, Benita? Did you close the living room windows before you got into bed? I did, darling. Well, if you're ready to go to sleep, I'll turn out the light. No, no, just a minute. I'm not quite through reading. You know, Benita, this is really exciting. You must read it when I'm through with it. Oh, I've already read it. You know, there's one part there where... No, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to find out myself what Mumbles is going to do. (laughs) (laughs) He's an interesting fellow. Well, you can find out tomorrow. I'm going to turn out the light. All right, just a moment. There. All right, you can turn it out now. You know, Benita... I know you won't think I'm conceited, but Random Harvest is one of the best pictures ever made. (laughs) I agree with you, darling. Now shut up the projector and let's go to sleep. (laughs) All right. Oh, I'm glad we turned in early tonight. Got a lot of retakes the studio tomorrow morning. Yes, I know. Well, good night, Ronnie. Good night, darling. Benita, you're snoring. I thought that was you. Oh, goodness. It's the front door. I wonder who in the world could... Well, it's the butler's night off, and there's only one way to find out. Uh, Go down and see who it is, darling. What would I do? I don't know. I've never been in a picture with that particular situation. <laughs> it's probably a telegram. Now, put on your robe and go to the door. Oh, all right. All right, all right. I'm coming, I'm coming. Imagine getting a man out of a nice, warm bed. All right, all right. Benita, Benita, 
It's Jack Benny. Jack Benny? Yes, and he has a gun. Well, lend him what he wants and send him home. <laughs> doesn't want to borrow anything this time. He thinks we're having a party. <laughs> a party? Not funny, my dear. You should have seen Benny and that girl bursting in here with those silly costumes. Costumes? Yes, Benny's dressed up like Roy Rogers. Oh, what does the girl look like? Trigger. <laughs> Just because you're angry at Jack, I mean, that's no reason to insult the girl. She's probably a pretty little thing. About how old is she? Oh, I don't know. Somewhere between 35 and 40. Oh, I could no chicken. Not with those turkey feathers all over her. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine Benny doing a thing like this. I've a good notion to... Yes, that's what I'll do. Oh, darling, no. We can't stop sending our laundry to him. <laughs> I suppose not. Uh, he is a master with the starch. <laughs> I think it's absolutely disgraceful Well, well, for get him back to... into bed. I'll go downstairs and tell him to leave. No use, darling. He won't even listen to you. Say, I have a better idea. Get dressed. What? Oh, I know what I'm doing, Benita. Get dressed. Gee, I wish they'd hurry down. They've been upstairs a long time. They sure have, Speedy. Uh, while we're waiting, let's turn on the radio. Okay. Gee, that's our song they're playing. Let's dance, Nussie. It would be an extreme pleasure. <laughs> See what memories this brings back. Our first meeting, we were dancing like this, remember? And as we danced, you sang the words into my ear. Sing them again. Go ahead, Gladys, will you? Okay. Huh? I love to hear you sing. Um, Take my heart. I love you. We'll never part. I love you. I always knew it would be you. Oh, come on, dance a little closer, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> What's the matter? Those feathers are tickling me. <laughs> Them at the place where I work. Well, don't worry. Gee, I wonder why the Coleman's aren't down yet. Ronnie, you think it was right of us to sneak out the back way and go to a movie? Yes. And it'll teach Benny a lesson. Well, what movie are we going to see? I don't know, and I don't care. Anything to get away from that man. Still in our house. How long do you think they'll stay? I have no idea. But tomorrow, open another air wick. <laughs> I don't blame you for being upset. It's amazing the way Jack Benny brings out the worst in people. Uh, how do you mean? Well, for instance, take that playwright fella, Norman Krasner. Well, what about Mr. Krasner? Huh? Well, usually he's a very brilliant conversationalist. But as soon as he gets around Benny, all he can say is... <laughs> Lisa, please, please. People are staring. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's the theater, Ronnie. Oh, yes, yes. 
Um, two loge seats, please. Here you are, sir. By the way, miss, we didn't notice. What picture are you showing? The horn blows at midnight. <laughs> what? Ronnie! Ronnie! Let go of the girl. It's not her fault. Ronnie! Gene Speedy, uh, do you think the Colons will mind us going into their kitchen and getting something to eat? No, it's half past 12 and we're hungry. Gee, they sure have a big refrigerator. Yeah. I wonder what program they want it on. <laughs> now, let's see what's inside. There's some ham and half a roast beef. And... Well, how do you like that? Only this morning I sent Rochester over and they told him they were out of eggs. <laughs> and look, they're lousy with butter, too. Well, say, Gladys, look. Look, there's a turkey. Please, not on my day off. <laughs> Oh, yes, I forgot. Well, let's eat something. Look, Ronnie, you can see them through our window. They're still in the house. Yes, and I've got to get some sleep. Well, there's only one thing to do, and I'm going to do it. Come on, Benita. We know where we live. Just show us Mr. Benny's bedroom. We've got to get some sleep. But, Mr. Coleman! Good, Good night, night, Manchester. Manchester. Good night! Jack will be back in just a moment, but first, one of the rarest privileges anyone can have is to be able to say, I saved a life. By now, we all know what is meant by the word care. C-A-R-E. This nation's help in alleviating the food shortage in Europe has saved thousands of lives, so let's keep on sending our contributions to C-A-R-E. C-A-R-E, care, New York. Let's give again and save another life. Thank you. Sunset Boulevard, next stop. Please leave the bus by the rear exit. Well, this is where I get off, girls. Mr. Wilson, that was a very funny story you told us about Jack Benny, but a thing like that couldn't really happen. Oh, yes, it could. That's why I'm taking the bus to work. Why, Mr. Coleman. Benny's car broke down, and he's using mine. NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. 
you have it. From November 9th, 1947, that was the Jack Benny Show. The name of that episode is usually referred to as the Corner Drugstore. Phil Harris was funny in that, where he he was just so delighted, so giddy to feed Dennis that information. <laughs> Tell him it's a costume. Can you imagine, Jack, in his date showing up at Coleman's? And what, would, what was really funny is they had Coleman's going to bed at 9 o'clock. I'm sorry, folks. That whole thing just cracked me up. Oh, I, it just just really tickles me. I just think that is so funny, just the whole chemistry there. <laughs> A couple notes. A couple notes on there. Um, he talked about having a key to open his can of fish. Remember, do they still make those like that? Do you remember how horrible that used to be? Not It wasn't just fish. The fish had the big flat. Tins, right? He he had salmon. I don't remember salmon coming that way, but sardines did, and 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 herring. Uh, my my uh, grandfather used to because he was from Scandinavia. He was from Finland. He used to love kipper snacks that would come in a can like that. It was basically, I think, smoked herring or smoked fish of some kind. But do you know what I'm talking about? They'd have that. The the, the actual key would fit on the a, a little lip of the can top, and you would actually peel the top of the can off and it would roll up on this on this long key and boy it was a easy way to cut yourself something else you deviled ham used to come like that right underwood deviled ham used and oh you had to try to twist that and if it if it got off track oh you'd have a mess you couldn't get the can open i don't know why they did that for the kipper snacks i guess i can understand but i don't know why they did that with a regular can Airwick. I think Ronald Coleman said that, that they need to open another bottle of Airwick. Do you remember that, Airwick? Now, of course, we have all these different kinds of sprays to, to uh, freshen up a room or deodorize a room or whatever. But Airwick used to, used to come in a bottle of liquid, and you would pull up the top, and there would literally be like a some kind of a fibrous wick there that would absorb the... The, the liquid from down below in the bottle and you would just set it someplace and and it would become saturated and, and let off the scent. I hadn't thought about that for years. I can remember I can remember putting one of those in my car when I first started driving. Airwick. Random Harvest, they mentioned that film. That of course was a film that that starred uh, Ronald Coleman. You you probably knew that. And then at the end I got uh, thinking about Don Wilson um, talking about care packages. They still have care, but you don't hear about care packages. Remember that used to always be kind of a joke. Oh, did you get your care package yet? Well, it ends up that care, uh, I looked it up, it came into existence right after the Second World War. In fact, it was formally uh, founded in 1945. CARE was initially a consortium of 22 American charities, and these were a mixture of civic, religious, and farm and labor organizations. And it had the express purpose of delivering food aid to Europe in the aftermath of World War II. CARE's food aid took the form of CARE packages, which were first delivered to specific individuals. Now, this is very interesting. Americans paid $10 to send a CARE package of food to a loved one in Europe, often a family member. CARE guaranteed delivery within four months to anyone in Europe, even if they had left their last known address. And they agreed to return a signed delivery receipt to the sender. 
Because the European postal services were so unreliable, these signed receipts were sometimes the first confirmation their U.S. relatives had that the recipient had survived the war. The first care packages were in fact surplus U.S. Army ration packs designed to contain a day's meals for 10 people. In early 1946, CARE purchased 2.8 million of these warehouse ration packs, which were originally intended for the invasion of Japan. On May 11, 1946, the first CARE packages were delivered in France. They contained staples such as canned meats, powdered milk, dried fruits, and fats, along with a few comfort items such as chocolate and coffee. By early 1947, the supply of the 10-in-1 ration packs had been exhausted, and CARE began assembling its own packages designed with the help of a nutritionist. They were tailored somewhat by their destination. For instance, there was kosher packages. Packages that were bound for England included tea rather than coffee. Packages sent to Italy included pasta. By 1949, CARE offered and shipped more than 12 different packages. Although the organization had originally intended to deliver packages only to specified individuals, Within a year, CARE began delivering packages addressed to a teacher or to a hungry person in Europe. Between the first deliveries of 1946 and the last European deliveries of 1956, millions of CARE packages were distributed throughout Europe. And now, of course, it's a worldwide organization. Very interesting, but here we were listening to a show that was recorded in 1947. So this was fairly new. And it's really interesting to me, at least, to, uh, to see the origins of care. Sitting on the bed of thinking Thinking that my heart is sinking Every day the world goes by you gone All I do is dream about you Living ain't a life without you Honey, can you find it in you To come back home You never miss a real good day I know what it means You never see the You must have had your reasons Maybe you were right and leaving I know you never found yourself In what we had And honey, you were right to blame me Maybe even time would change me But can't you see the good that's in me And overlook the bad the well 
Well, that was Miss Crystal Gale, and I believe that one was from 1976. You know, I I went through the list of songs for 1947, which was the year that Jack Benny show played, and I could not find anything that I wanted to play. I even downloaded a couple songs and listened to them and thought, mm, no, no, don't think so. So I went to a little more contemporary on you and moved us forward about 30 years. All right, that's going to do it for this uh, Monday, everybody. We're so glad you stopped by. Come back next Monday and we'll have another comedy. But if you come back tomorrow, we'll have a drama. And on Wednesday, we'll have a mystery. And on Thursday, we'll have a Western. Of course, the archive show on the weekend. We're just so glad you joined us. I hope you have a wonderful week. This is Bob Bro, and I'm so glad you stopped by. And I am so glad you met me.